My guest on today's show is Ben Sobiak, inventor of the writer's glove and writer's block coffee. And if you have been listening to the show for a couple of weeks, you've probably heard me mention both of these products pretty frequently. That's because writer's block coffee and the writer's glove have an affiliate relationship with my show that helps to support the content I'm putting out there for you. So when you buy the writer's glove or writer's block coffee, you help to pay the bills for this show, which isn't free to create. And you support my family in the meantime, if you buy enough. I wanna thank Ben for taking the time to share about his products, but I wanna let you know that this show is about way more than an advertisement for products. It's actually an opportunity for Ben to share how creating those products has gotten him into more rooms to share his writing, how it has enriched his writing, and how it's given him an opportunity to sell more of his work to more people through having relationships that, as he says, all point back to each other all of his products and everything he's created is ultimately a very well-designed funnel that keeps moving people back toward him, toward his creations. And so I really want you to take inspiration from this episode. Consider creating something to complement the work that you're writing right now. Maybe it's a candle. Maybe it's a knife. Nobody knows, but you might have a great idea in store. So please enjoy my interview with Ben Sobiak. I'm the reluctant book marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. So I started out in magazines as an associate editor. Uh, well, actually, no, I should back up even more than that. Uh, I started out, uh, I went to school for journalism, started working in uh, newspapers as a crime reporter in Minnesota, wow. and then moved over to Wisconsin, even though I'm back in Minnesota right now. They're basically the same state, <laughs> yeah. if you've ever been there. Um, the uh, I started out working as an associate editor for a magazine um, about, of all things, knives, Believe it or not, there is a magazine that's just about knives. And I didn't really know anything about knives, but I knew how to show up on time and I knew how to meet a deadline. (laughs) So so they were okay with that. Um, And from that, uh, the parent company that I worked for uh, did books, magazines, TV shows, digital content, you name it, they did it um, in in live events too. Uh, So this... I, I got my foot in the door through this this editor position, but I ended up doing just about everything inside of publishing that you could do. Um, really, uh, other other than sweeping the floors, I which I actually probably did. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I I ended up seeing how the sausage gets made behind the scenes. So it's one thing to have that as your career. Um, and to meet a PL and to do things that the company assigns you to do. It's another thing to kind of distill those lessons into something a little bit more bite-sized uh, and apply them over to your writing career. 
because mm. I always wanted to be a writer. I mean, like, a, like, like most people inside of the publishing industry and outside mm-hmm. the publishing industry, if, if, if you're going to do this, you're, you're going to give it a try. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, uh, I wrote some books for Writer's Digest. Uh, I've written a bunch of fiction uh, with um, Wattpad is, is where yeah. I'm very much involved in right now. I'm under contract with them for a lot of things. Uh, but the, 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 the real secret, I guess, to all of this is uh, building ancillary products. Mm. Uh, that's too weird. Let me let me say that a different way. Building related products, yeah, um, that that kind of all point at each other. It's it's well, they, like they sort of go hand in glove, right? Yeah. Oh, they're okay. Oh, they're, oh, that's you took my pun away from me. <laughs> it, 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 it's horrible too because when you talked about working for a knife magazine, I was going to be like, man, you were on the cutting edge, but, but it the got too far edge. away from there. Yeah, all right, we sorry, gave I interrupted. A stab over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were all. I learned all of them, but uh, but it's. It, I, I guess one way to think about it is in this. This is how I actually think about it, but it's a little more. But it's like a circular firing squad. Like oh. everybody's just in a circle, <laughs> and they all point yeah. at each other, and they just fire bullets at each other. This is how the publishing industry works, from my experience. Not everywhere, but in my experience, the content gets you through the door. That's how publishing mm. looks at content. They are not there. Um, that What you see on the outside and that is most customer facing is most customer facing to you for a reason. It's the widest part of a funnel. Mm. And that funnel uh, starts with somebody. Well, traditionally it would have started if it was a magazine, they would start at a newsstand. They pick up a magazine and then X, Y, and Z would happen in this, this yeah. funnel. Or they go to the bookstore, they pick up a book, and then such and such and such would happen afterward. Mm. The widest parts of those funnels in, uh, are there to vacuum up an audience. Mm. And then the publisher's job, at least in my experience, and I don't think I'm giving away any secret <laughs> sauce here. Well, please do um, if you have it. <laughs> well, well, okay, well, I'll... I'll, I'll list the ingredients, but I won't say exactly how to put them together. I might, I might never work in that industry again, but um, the, uh, the, the idea is somebody picks up a book, somebody goes to your website, they give you an email, they give you some money, they, they do something that expresses interest in something that you're offering, and then you winnow down that funnel a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And I'll give you an example with the, 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 the knife magazine is probably the best way to, that, to, to picture this. So yeah. somebody is interested in collecting or making knives. So it's just whatever. That's what, that's their jam. That's what they like to do. Um, they go to the newsstand, they pick up one of our magazines or they go to our website and it, somehow if they subscribe or if they, if they enter their email on our website, somehow we're getting their information. We know, we know two very important things about them. One, how to contact them. Mm. into what they're interested in um and then we can start publishing let's say a book that they might be interested in too that we think based on our experience they would be interested in so there was a bunch of uh, books that i worked on had to do with uh big pictures of knives and like very like works of art and knife Mm -hmm. history and everything um and we sell them that book and then if we sell them that book maybe they would also be interested in spending a little bit more money 
in attending one of our live uh, webinars or uh, mm-hmm. one of our live events. Right. And ultimately, the idea was no matter where we touched them inside of this this brand, the idea was we were going to try to get them to come to one of our events because okay. that was the big money maker. That was huge footprint, um, lots of prestige inside of uh, the knife mm-hmm. industry. And then once you're at at the event, you're going there and you're buying knives or you're looking mm-hmm. at knives or you're doing whatever. Then there we had an awards component and oh well we're gonna issue these awards and yeah. suddenly now we're dominating that vertical we're we're becoming the center of the universe for this vertical cool. and that was the strategy all along. So I love that. so that yeah that that's a that's a big operation like yeah. you have to take that and then apply it somehow to your own you know one person two person operation maybe. It's you and an editor. It's you as a writer mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, um, I was going to say, talk to me a little bit about, about so people listening right now might be writers and they might be uh, reluctant to get out there and try to even market themselves, much less uh, a product and a webinar. And maybe they don't want to be on screen and maybe they're feeling scared. And And this show is all about mindset. So by all means, I want to I move the listeners from where they're at right now to a place where they only see the opportunities as good things to help advance their, their books. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that, like for, for the person right now who's listening and they're like, that, that all sounds great and good, but how does that apply to me? The, the way I think about content in the way that I might recommend somebody else think about their content, their books or their whatever that they're doing as far mm-hmm. as writing is to think about it as that foot in the door. It's a way to build an audience. Mm-hmm. And then once you have an audience, what are you going to do with that audience? Um, yeah. You could... I mean, for 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 instance, my I have a series about uh, about a fake psychic detective. This is under contract with Wattpad right now, um, and it's there's a, a lot of things going on with it. But but from a marketing angle or from like a value added angle, um, that ancillary or that related thing might be if I'm going to promote this book, getting out and saying, "Hey, everybody, buy my book," might not be all that effective. But if I can add some value with something else that's related to that, that mm. might work. So um, what I'm looking at doing, and who knows if this will actually work out, but it's what I'm looking at is when that time comes that that marketing needs to roll out, I'm going to involve actual psychics. Awesome. Well, okay. You can't see my, you can't see my fingers on the podcast, <laughs> yes, but yes, I'm, the I'm, I'm doing the Air quotation quotes. marks here. <laughs> yep. Air quotes around the word psychic. Who knows? Um, to, to, to come up with something so that it, you're 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 adding another layer to that experience, yeah. um, because content is really hard to go out and ask somebody, "Hey, just give me some money for this mm. content," and then you'll be X percentage happier in your day. It's it's really hard to do that. But when you tie yeah. it to something that has that sort of payoff, like you know a psychic reading mm-hmm. over Zoom or something like that. Suddenly, it, be, it it's easier to picture the trade-off for the customer, and this right. is this is a little bit of the 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 secret sauce on the publishing side. Yeah, we want to sell you this book, but we also want to sell you this event, and we can give it yeah. to you both at the same time. Is easier to picture the trade-off for the person because the you know, the books are not commodities. Con- content is not commodities. If I if I try to sell you a trunk load of books, you may or may not 
have an understanding of how your life is going to be better or changed right. or, or anything, depending on this trunk load of books that I'm trying to sell you. <laughs> yeah. if, if I show up at your house tomorrow with a dump truck full of corn cobs, you, mm -hmm. you may not want a dump truck full of corn cobs, but right. you may have a better understanding of how your life may change or improve or what you get if you accept that dump truck full of corn cobs. Right. So uh, marrying content with product or in the case of psychics, I guess, services yeah. Yeah. helps the customer or the reader visualize what they're what actually they're getting. getting better yeah. because content is very hard to go out and say, give me X and I'll give you Y. The, the really big mindset thing that you're talking about right here that I want people to focus on and hear is a, a couple of things you said is one, you can offer a corn cob to somebody, but if they don't see inherent value in the corn cob, you can't give it away. You can't give something away if people don't see value in it. So you go with your trunk load of books. And if you talk to somebody who has no reason to have a book because they don't read, you can't sell them a book for free. And, and so where that applies even further downstream is a lot of authors right now, and this is popular because self-publishing is gaining and, and certain tips and tactics kind of work like, hey, I'm going to put my book for free for, for a week. And I'm going to try to get this book out there as far as I can to trick the algorithm. And then people are going to love it and they're going to want to buy it. You can't give a book away for free if somebody doesn't want to read it. So stop devaluing your time. Start thinking of ways to make the product more attractive. And sometimes, and I want to hand the mic back over to you, but you just, I really love what you said, and I'm putting my own spin on it. Sometimes putting more value on something is being more confident that the thing has value which is a crazy thing. If I, if I came up to you right now and I said, Hey, can I give you this corn cob? You'd be like, no, throw it in the trash. But I said, do you know that this corn cob is the best source of fuel for your wood burning stove? And if you just hang on to it and let it dry out, you are going to have the most efficient, cleanest burning, beautiful piece of kindling for your wood burning stove this year. Can I give you this corn cob? You'd be like, hell yes, give me more. So you you created yeah. value for something that seems to be valueless because you're confident in what you're doing. So anyways, take take back yeah. over, talk to me more about this because I love the psychic idea. I love pairing it with the the the, the book and everything that you're doing there. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I think you nailed it perfectly uh, to, to show that value in showing value projects confidence in what you're doing. And this is why, even though I, do a lot of writing on Wattpad and people can read certain stories for free. Um, that is part of a wider strategy. That's yeah. probably for a different podcast, but <laughs> the uh, um, yes, when you devalue something, you are communicating something about what the person is getting yes. uh, all those samples at the grocery store. Great. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. A sample. All right, right. I'll have this slice of donuts that everybody's coughed on for the past 30 <laughs> minutes. Sure. Give it yeah. With the toothpick. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Great. A donut. <laughs> like, hey, it made my day a little bit better, but it also had an extremely low hurdle. And uh -huh. it's kind of like leaving your door open at night and letting all the critters come in from outside. You know, it, it hasn't really done anything for me. Um, it's you, you have to projecting confidence by adding value to to content or just any product yeah. is a great way to do it. It also gives you another avenue for marketing, too. Um as, as one example with, with writing with writer's block coffee, I don't do this anymore because it, it just got to be too much of a production headache. But mm. um, I started that uh, writer's block coffee with the intention that it would be the solution for the publishing industry to value add. 
because mm. a lot of times, um, even inside of publishing, some people who might appear very smart on the outside still struggle with the exact same things that self-published authors and traditionally yeah. published authors and hybrid authors all have to deal with, which is, okay, great. You have this value-added idea. I'm supposed to come up with some hard product to put next to my book. So what? Like, it doesn't work. Or like, I'm writing about ninja dinosaurs battling Sasquatch on Mars. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, ship everybody a Martian rock or something like this? This doesn't work. Right. Um, But coffee works. Coffee is universal, Mm -hmm. mostly. I mean, a lot of people drink it, not everybody. But uh, the idea was, is that I could custom label coffee... And then give that to writers or actually we'll ask them um, like, say they wanted like, oh, they one person uh, wrote a fantasy series and they wanted like a fantasy series blend uh, to go with their book as part of marketing efforts. So that's that's what I did. I, I, I had my roaster come up with these little bags and then we did Beautiful. custom design labels that looked like the covers of books. But at least, and, but then they sold it as a bundle. So mm-hmm. um, they got That's a little amazing. bit more money. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great for marketing. Um, even in, in really what it, in addition to just being kind of cool, um, the, the, the audience got something that they knew that they would like in the first yeah. place, which was the coffee. If, if they drink coffee, they like coffee. Well, they'd like this coffee, hopefully. Um, but then they also got the book. Whereas if it was just the book, well, it's it's a harder, it's not a harder sell, but it's a different kind of sell. You're adding mm-hmm. that value and you get to wiggle the price point a little bit more yeah. uh, because not everybody knows how much that copy is, is valued at. So you can right. you can uh, wiggle on your margin. It's just a different way of doing things. Um, and so I ended up working with a bunch of publishers uh, on that. I ended up, um, gosh, I did some some huge runs of coffee uh, with, with some people and Mm. it, it worked for a little bit, but the production just got to be too onerous and for what it was worth, it just wasn't worth it. So I don't do it anymore. So sorry, everybody, if if you (laughs) check out writer's blood coffee and are looking for that, I'm, I just, I can't anymore. It doesn't work. Um, but that, that was, that's like the value add thing. You could do that with candles. Mm -hmm. You could do that. I've seen it all the time with candles, like a special scent for their novel. This kind of thing, this th- that marrying a product and content is just it's it's right there. And, and if yeah. it, it's accessible, if you know where to look, um, yeah, I'm getting so, off track. No, you're great. <laughs> and I, I actually I want to tell a little bit of a story because um, this is this is the person I am. It's why I'm ideally suited to host the podcast I host, because uh, my family would always say, oh, like he's always there's Jody. He's always moving and shaking. He's always coming up with new schemes and everything. I am like the ultimate schemer. And so I wrote this novel, The Nine Lives of Marvin Along High, and my main character, uh, who will be unnamed right now because I'm doing a big reveal when I put out my other book. But anyways, she is a huge lover of Magdalene bourbon. She drinks Magdalene bourbon. It amounts that would kill like two elephants in the same day. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, all, it's all part of the stunt. But like I mention it so much in the books and it doesn't exist. It's a product that doesn't exist, but I'm going to make it exist. I'm going to figure out how to partner with some distillery somewhere that's willing to take a shot at brewing Magdalene bourbon so that I can partner that experience with the book. Now, obviously you're, you're talking about a, a, an adult beverage. So I've got to figure some of the logistics out, but that, that value add is worth so much to people. And 
I'm being honest here. Not everything will hit. Your writer's block coffee thing didn't hit because the time that it took to scale was too much. So your time is more valuable than the money you were able to get out of it. If that wasn't the case, you're talking about something else and, and you're one product away. I know that this sounds so marketing, but it's a, it's a dang marketing show. One product that hits with a book and you suddenly have like a, a, you're made for the rest of your life. It's like hitting a, a thousand run grand slam or something. So it's, it's a great idea. And I just want to say, oh, I, yeah. I love the writer's block coffee idea, even though it didn't work. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Yeah. And now, now it's more uh, doing larger scale boutique orders behind the scenes, which is really the meat of it. And then also direct to consumer because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, uh, it's, it's not going to fund my retirement or anything like that, but it, it's a great way to have something that, that just makes people happy. Really. That that's the way I look at it now. It, it's, yeah. it's great coffee for all sorts of reasons, uh, that I could coffee nerd out on, but I I'll, I'll spare you that spiel. I want the, you to uh, give me give me the the basic spiel because uh, the the writer's block coffee is the official coffee of the reluctant book marketer. So I want well, okay. to know how great right. it is. So go ahead and give your pitch. I, I want to hear it so people people hear it from the horse's mouth. Not calling you a horse anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. That's yeah, I've been called worse. Um, but the uh, um, well, uh, writer's block coffee is a specialty grade is probably the, uh, a really important thing to keep in mind. Coffee is actually graded on a scale. Um, and if your coffee provider is not telling you what their grade is, it's probably not the best, but, um, specialty grade falls in the eighties, which is to me as, as the coffee snob is kind of the, uh, the sweet spot, because if you, if you get lower than that, it tastes lower quality. And if you get higher than that, it's, you're getting into like taste profiles that can only be appreciated by people who professionally taste and grade coffee of which Mm. there are, Yeah, there are people who just taste and grade coffee and this is like their whole thing <laughs> yeah which 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 is quite a job yeah. um but it, it scores in the mid 80s which is a really high quality uh coffee bean it it uh it scores in the the top five percent of all coffee beans on earth uh i only use specialty grade coffee uh it does make a difference i think uh versus what you could buy off the shelf it's roasted to order, which means that it doesn't sit on a shelf forever mm. uh, and then get shipped to you. What the order comes in, it hits my system. The system sends an alert to my roaster. The roaster that evening goes and gathers up the orders from the day, fires up the roaster, dumps the beans in. They roast it up. I don't roast coffee. I don't know how to roast coffee. That's not my job yep. <laughs> in this operation. And everybody but, drinking um, it is glad. But so. the... Uh, <laughs> Yes. Yes. You don't want to, you don't want me at the roaster. You got to go to school for that stuff. But the, yeah. uh, uh, so they, they, they put it in a bag, they send it to you. That's the process. It's as fresh as it possibly can be. A lot of places will offer that. They'll say, well, we're roast to order. That's great. But they're usually missing that, that specialty grade uh, piece mm-hmm. of it too. But the, the real, the, the, there are two really big things though, that differentiate it from everything else. Uh, one is that it benefits literacy. I, I give first book, which is a, a nonprofit for children's literacy, uh, a nice chunk of our, of our sales every year. And, um, and then also the way that it's produced and not a lot of people know about this, um, coffee cherries when they're, um, when they're harvested 
And we in, in first writer's block copy, the flagship one, there's only one farm it comes off of in Ethiopia. Wow. Um, when when coffee cherries are harvested anywhere on earth, there are two ways that you can separate the stone, which is what everybody calls the bean, even though it's not a mm-hmm. bean, it's a right. cherry stone. Um, it, uh, you from the fruit that surrounds it. There's two ways. You can wash it off, uh, wash it until it, it separates, uh, which is very water intensive uh, and creates a ton of uh, pollution that mm. goes back into the ground. And the it, it's, it's a very resource intensive and mm. environmentally challenging way yeah. to process coffee. Or you can um, lay it out on these big mats under the sun uh, and spread it out with rakes and let the sun just kind of wilt away the fruit and then give it a good shake. And then uh, that separates the the cherry from from the the stone or the bean. Mm -hmm. Uh, That way that we do it, that's called natural process. That's what Writer's Block Coffee has is natural process coffee. Um, You get a more complex flavor because the acids from the cherries are sitting on that bean for so much longer. And they're based like they're like basting in the sun. Yeah. And it's curing that coffee bean inside, uh, which is where you get a a lot more of a yeah a smoother profile uh hmm. the writer's black coffee the the flagship kind the, the most feedback we get is that it's very very smooth when this is why because it has time to cure all those distinct acids that that define the coffee bean inside have time to sit and stew and marinate and just kind of like even out underneath the sun and that's that that process is it takes a little bit more hand time because hmm. you can't wash with machines mm-hmm. but um, at this scale, it works. It uses almost no water, which in a place like East Africa and in, in Ethiopia or matters. really anywhere on the planet. Right. Yeah, it matters. And it matters, especially in there, there's secondary and tertiary effects when you use water so intensively. Mm. That's water that can't go to other things, other agriculture, other uses in, in areas that are economically stressed or politically stressed. This can this this can spark, or or at least uh, be part of uh, conflicts over access into water and into the future. Yeah. That only becomes more and more uh, important. So, um, the larger operations, and I mean, I'm guilty of. I had Starbucks this morning. I'm as guilty as yeah. anybody. But yeah. um, the larger operations, the larger farms, they use these water intensive uh, ways. They privatize wells. They get contracts mm-hmm. from governments all kinds of shady things that happen um, in order to get access in to this water, natural process. If you can find it uh, and, and, and like I said, our, ours are, our coffee is natural process, but if you find it anywhere, single origin natural process is probably one of the most environmentally friendly ways to process coffee um, organic coffee is, has its, has its benefits and in, in some of its drawbacks too. There's a lot of issues with certification with that. Yeah. I know people like organic too. I don't offer it because I can't get it certified. That's fine. I'm focused on right. this, this one area, which is the, the, the water usage. And I think that really does make a difference and you're going to hear more about it into the future as water access becomes more and more important. So I told you there, there'd be a big coffee nerd spiel. 
that's my love coffee it. nerd spiel. <laughs> I, I love it. And, and I'm really glad that you did it because um, I, I, I drink coffee every day. I love coffee and I can't really explain why. It's just a thing I love. So hearing somebody who knows as much about it as you do is great. Um, and then I do I really quickly want to transition right over into the writer's glove because that's the other major oh, yeah. product. So both the glove and the coffee are are featured. Um, I, I let everybody know in multiple different ways that I'm an affiliate. So if you buy it off of my link with using TRBM forward slash TRBM, when you click on it, you you help support the show as well as get a great product. But talk about the glove too, because I, I just asked this question on Twitter yesterday, just to kind of gauge like, is there interest in this product? And I was, I, I, I will be honest. I was shocked at how much interest there was and enthusiasm. And somebody, somebody's like, thank you so much for showing this to me. I already bought a pair. And I was like, that is a, that's a great product because it, it seems to me that more people want it and need it than, than you might originally think. And that's a good spot to be in. Oh yeah. And, and before I explain that, I just want to say anybody listening, yeah, go find that link, go use it because I don't put this thing on sale. Uh, once a year I will run a sale, uh, a wide sale and it's only for like a day, mainly because I don't have to, um, I, I mentioned that the, the coffee is probably not going to fund my retirement. Well, the gloves might, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, the writer's glove, uh, was another one where it, it all these things point at each other. Like I said, they're, they yeah. all have a common denominator. So one person finds one thing and then they find out about the other thing too. And then it all kind of feeds off of each other. The writer's glove came, I was working on a deadline, uh, for, uh, a book called the writer's guide to weapons, um, that Dave Morrell wrote the, the intro to the creator of Rambo, which is really cool. That is cool. Um, and, uh, I was working on a deadline. It was late. Uh, it was, I was living in this house that was built in the depression and I don't think there's, there was a right angle anywhere in that house, <laughs> which, which you can feel in the winter time in Minnesota where I, I live. Um, so I had this draft. It was like, like a big, it's like a, like a box fan blowing on you right in my office, just like blowing on my face the whole time, blowing on my, my hands the whole time. The winter was brutal. Um, and I was looking for a way to keep my hands warm while I was typing. I tried using candles. I tried using fingerless gloves. I didn't think mm -hmm. they, they really did the, the trick. Really what I wanted was a glove that covered my entire hand and allowed me to type and kept my hands warm at the same time. And nothing existed on the market for that. Um, and I originally brought the idea for this glove to uh, Writer's Digest. And uh, I don't blame them for saying no, um, but they said no. It, I still really like Writer's Digest, do a lot of work with them still. It's not a knock on them, but the product owner at the time said it just wasn't the right fit. So I said, okay, well, I'll go off and I'll try this myself. Um, and I, I Frankenstein some things together and was just as surprised as you were with that tweet <laughs> when I set up this, quite honestly, it was a terrible looking website with a very, very simple PayPal embedded checkout on it. And, uh, and I got the, I got this notification. Cause I, I only made like 12 of these things mm. based on, I mean, they were, they were rough. They were rough. And like the <laughs> pictures, Oh my gosh, I can't even believe I did this. The pics, the product photography with my like, cruddy old camera like mm -hmm. it was just terrible well i got i got an email saying i made a, a sale i thought there was something wrong um I, I was like well this must be a joke or this this person must be mistaken i got a message asking questions about it 
and basically it just kept gathering steam and gathering steam. I finally went out and found a real manufacturer to really make mm-hmm. this for me, um, which is a whole other story. It was just yeah. absolutely crazy. So um, but, pause uh, for just a second because you oh, are yeah. walk- yep. you're, you're walking into a fantastic mindset principle that I want to highlight for everybody listening. And I just put out an episode called inaction or excuse me, action beats inaction. Um, and yep. what you just did is, is an example of that. You didn't have all the answers for how to put together the website. You didn't have the, the logo. Maybe you didn't have the, the right camera. You didn't have the right checkout system. You lacked a lot of the right information, but you knew that you just needed to be in the market quickly. You needed to take yes. action and do something. And that mindset, then I'm going to, I'm going to hearken back to what you said about these gloves might fund your retirement. You made one yep. messy decision and, and then probably 10 more messy decisions and figured it out on the fly. And that has put you in a position that's very unique and really admirable and super cool. So anyways, keep up with the story from, from there. Oh yeah. Well, well, thank you. Um, and I, uh, why well, I, I went out and I found a, a manufacturer and, and yes, just doing something to explore. Like it, like I said, everybody's got a book in them, you know? everybody's had that shark tank moment where they're like, somebody should make this thing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll just go try it. it. I mean, it, it, you never know what, what's going to happen. It might not even be the thing that you thought that it was when you started, when you end up, yes. it might go somewhere completely different, but at least Golden. give it a shot. If you can, um, if you have the time and, and energy to do it, um, do it, give it a shot. But, um, but yes, getting, getting the gloves made, was a terrifying experience <laughs> because I'm wiring money around the world and not really knowing what's going mm. on with it and taking out loans from people and uh, to get it going. It, it was just, it. I bootstrapped everything, but no, I didn't know everything about how to do this in the first place. I didn't know how to import something formally through the border uh, uh, of a shipment from China? No, I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. Did I know how to clear customs? Had no idea. No idea how to clear customs. <laughs> didn't know anything about tariffs. But I just there. What people might not know about creating products in this way uh, is that there are the there are government resources out there that just handle trade. So mm. I sent a bunch of questions to. Um, the the secretary of state in in minnesota here um about a i, I had a, a a question about something and uh I, there's there are trade council people in washington who can help you figure out tariff codes like they're just there yeah it's just them a question okay <laughs> you know um but uh so i i ended up getting these the first real version of the gloves back um, and shortly thereafter, uh, because of all the SEO that I loaded into my website, which by that time was on Shopify much better, please use a, a real website. Just <laughs> Shopify is a good one. If you're going to do something like that, WooCommerce is great too. Um, but, uh, Glamour Magazine ended up picking it up, uh, and they, they, wow. uh, had, it, they gave it the thumbs up as, as an essential, uh, item for the office. Uh, and, and that just blew me away. It, it gave me that a is. huge step. Yeah, it, it gave me a huge stamp of credibility. Now, I couldn't have known that when I started, to your point. I couldn't have known that when I started. Um, but if you lay the groundwork for some of this luck to happen, um, a lot of times you'll get lucky. Well, not every time, but mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you'll get lucky. But you can't get lucky if you don't put this stuff out there. Fast forward uh, to last year, I came up with a new version of it, a new 
And then I hired a lawyer to help me with the patent. So right now it's utility patent pending. Uh, this year is, um, this year has been really, really good uh, for, for growth. Uh, I'll say that the, uh, the, the people who use this glove have surprised me. Um, it's a lot of their medical conditions that impact the mm -hmm. hands. It's more than like a comfort thing for some people. Uh, but I, well, so is everybody else. When I, when I tell them, you know, what I'm doing with these things and what it's done, uh, in my life, it, it's really, they're, they're, I'm as surprised as they are quite honestly. Um, but my nights are spent figuring, working on that business and, uh, working mm -hmm. on my writing, but it all points at each other. Because yeah. if somebody, uh, like on the publishing side, uh, I'm working with somebody on a book project, I end up telling them about the coffee thing, or I end up telling them about the gloves. And this kind of like morphs into, it's one more thing to keep the conversation going. I mean, just yeah. like like connecting with you. Um, you I mean, Writer's Black Coffee is, is kind of how, how uh, we connected. But then I ended up telling you about these gloves. And now here I am on your podcast talking about these gloves. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, my writing too. So it all it all just feeds off of each other and i guess that's a, another mindset thing to have is just uh you know it, it's a it's a wider picture um mm. than just writing writing is very important it can be the the center it can be the ground for everything that you do but if uh if there's a way to expand out on it in some way um you don't have to invent a product whole cloth um right. but uh if there's a way to grow that picture in your head about what it is that you do yeah. i guess i'm a writer i guess i'm an entrepreneur too uh yeah. okay so well that's and what i do <laughs> I, I i love everything that you're doing and i think that there are a lot of people listening right now who say i'm not a i'm not a marketer you know we talked about that at the beginning of this conversation oh i'm, I'm just not a marketer or um people are not comfortable getting in front of big crowds and doing readings and there there are maybe things that hold you back from doing some of the the boots on the ground necessities to sell a, a million books which woe is me if I don't mention the, the whole purpose of this show is to help people grab onto a dream big enough that they can sell a million copies of a novel and a million copies of every novel after that. That's a huge unfathomable number. I always know that very few authors are doing it right now, but you can do it. Um, and, and that's the mindset that I'm trying to cultivate. But listen, I mean, along the way, there's nothing wrong with having these products. And, and one thing that you said, but maybe didn't perfectly clarify is that what's happening now is that the writer's glove is also pulling your, your writing along. It puts you in new yeah. rooms, having new conversations, getting new opportunities to share your writing with other people. And that's that other, you know, everybody's pointing at each other, but everybody's also like attached to each other. And so as the glove moves you into new rooms, you get to talk about your writing with people who have more influence than you would have otherwise been able to talk to. Um, and, and there's a synergy. I, I hate that word because of how it's used lately, but it's really true in your case that there is a synergy in what you're doing that's giving you the opportunity. And I would, I would walk away with that being a tip for anybody. If you want one action item today, go out there and find something. And, and, and remember, Action beats an action. Find something that you can partner up with the novel you're writing and 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 explore the opportunities to maybe have an affiliate relationship. I mean, they do it in movies, right? I mean, there's a reason that James Bond drives uh, a Bentley or any other freaking car that he drives. They're giving sponsorships to the studios. So we can act the same way. We can be the same kind of people. And it's not dirty and it's not slimy. It's savvy. Yeah, yeah. I guess there, there is a bit of, 
oh well am i selling out if i do this or that right uh i i don't i don't see it that way is it is it selling out to to go to a, a regular full-time job so you can afford your rent or your mortgage i don't think so it's money in the bank um in in there it is it is synergy i avoided that word purposely yep. because of how cringe exactly. it's i know it's awful <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a terrible word now but it's true i mean it's just it as long as it, it does work that way. I, I mean, I, I pitched uh, branded coffee to Wattpad. I mean, they weren't interested at the time. Maybe they will be in the future, but you get to put the bug in people's ear. I have yeah. met more people probably just through the coffee thing than I have through uh, my time in publishing. Mm. Uh, and they come from all sorts of backgrounds. And there's value just in talking to somebody. I and mean, they, maybe they share something with you or they, they give you some insight or some get a heads up about something that's coming later on that will help you sell those books. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's a way to do it. And, and I, and I don't mean to, to say all this and say, well, just, you know, it's so easy to start something like the glove business. I mean, it, right. there's a lot of risk. There was, Oh yes. my gosh, there was so much risk in the beginning. I, I can't even tell you. I had no way to pay these people back. <laughs> money for this <laughs> that's but, good uh but it it, it it worked out um but e even if even if you go to somebody like there is well there still is there's a candle company called kill your darlings candle company uh the husband and wife sold it to somebody else um but they mm -hmm. if you w just went to somebody like that and said i have this book coming out can you make a candle for me because it would just be cool to have, or like in yeah. your case with the distillery, finding a distillery who can make you this, this bourbon that's mentioned inside of the novel. Well, but hold on, think about, sorry, think about the synergy. Those two things are <laughs> pointing at each other. Exactly. So somebody reads the book, you sell a million copies. Okay. I've got the million copies. What's next for people? Well, now I've got this bourbon over here. That's pointing right back. I can go sell them that too. Mm -hmm. um, all, all that kind of stuff matters. Uh, Gabino Iglesias uh, is, is a horror writer. Yeah, it, a lot of people in the writing world uh, may have heard of or, or know about. Um, but his, his latest book, he gave Writer's Block Coffee an acknowledgement in the acknowledgement. Beautiful. That's awesome, man. Obviously, yeah. That's where the acknowledgements go, which <laughs> is really cool and everything. But hold on. Um, he also got his book. I, I, I kind of played the timing really well. Uh, he got his book on on the, on a billboard in Times Square. Well, okay, so now we've got people walking around in Times Square. They look at this book. It's getting all kinds of promotion. Not uh, not to say that readers go and read the acknowledgments. It's like the least read part of the book, other than the blank pages. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. if you're if you're if you're, but but this one will be different because everybody who reads it will read the acknowledgments, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and when they do, they'll see that he gives Writer's Black Coffee uh, yeah. a shout out and that it'll point right back. And I promote him. He promotes me. Mm -hmm. It's just it's kind of that that's that's that synergy um, yeah. that happens. But you could do that with any product like what you're doing is great uh, with the, with the bourbon idea. It points at each other. You've yeah. got two avenues pointing at each other like this is great. Um, yeah, that that's it's it's not easy. But it is worth looking at, 
even these these movie stars, they go out and they invest in these companies, these uh, athletes, professional athletes, they retire, they invest in these companies and become spokespersons for different things. It's the same thing. Everybody has figured this out inside mm. of publishing, inside of the entertainment industry. You don't stop at the content. You keep yeah. going, you find something else. And that can be you, even if it's on a small scale. Um, you don't have to come up with a million dollar sponsorship right. from, from Nike shoes. Yep. So that you can wear Nike shoes while you write your stuff. You can come up with something else. Yeah. Um, it, it, so so and it, it, it's I a, think yeah. People don't know this uh, as much as they should or are not aware of it. But when when a movie comes out, like, for example, uh, Captain America, when Captain America comes out, that movie itself will make a good deal of money. But if you if you run the numbers, the amount that they pay the actors, the amount that they pay the different governments where they're shooting on location, the cities, the municipalities, the taxes, all that kind of stuff. Almost no movie is massively profitable in and of itself. But if you're a good producer, you get in on some uh, some some product type of stuff, some merchandise deals. So there's Captain America Legos, there's Captain America T-shirts, there's Captain America yada, yada, yada. And a lot of the money points back to the movie. It does create that kind of circling atmosphere. It's almost like its own little universe. Um, it is actually its own universe. But but what you do is you get a lot of money off of product sales. A t-shirt costs 10 cents to make. You sell it for $29.99 and people buy it because it's freaking Captain America. And then Marvel yeah. is making a ton of money. They make so much more money on products than they do on movies. So think about being an author and and tapping into something like that. It, it probably will be a smaller scale, but I mean, it doesn't have to be a smaller scale. And that's kind of the interesting thing is what, what you're talking about is you could have something really massively big if you make the right relationship. And again, there's just nothing wrong with that. The more money you have, the more books you can sell. And, and it just goes on and on forever. Oh, Yeah. And, uh, well, and, and that's that wide funnel. I mean, Marvel yes. knows this. Yes. Good, good Lord, Star Wars knows this. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's part of the same company now. But um, but yes, the, the content is the widest part of the funnel, and then you lead them down into other things. Uh, but I, 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 one, one final parting thought with, with this uh, yeah. smaller scale idea is that it might take you a year to write a book. Mm. Uh, maybe that's the fastest that you could write a book. Or maybe it takes five years, however long it takes to write. It's definitely longer than putting out, let's say, yes. a candle. Bourbon, maybe not, because it doesn't have to age for like seven or ten years. Or like, yeah, that, I mean, that one might be like two novels worth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that oh, a candle, let's say, mm -hmm. with a custom label, with a custom scent, takes less time to put out than a book. So you got one book comes out once mm -hmm. a year maybe every other year, every three years, whatever. Um, you, it's putting you out again with your name on it, with you, you out in the marketplace, yeah. putting yourself out there quicker than it takes to put a book out. Uh, you can't just crank this stuff out unless you're hiring a word farm on Fiverr, which I know some people do uh, just to crank it out, crank it out, yeah. crank it out. Keep putting out products. Well, come out with five candles in the time that it takes you to, to write one book. It's just another way to do it. Maybe yeah. it works. Maybe it doesn't, but it's just something to think about something to consider something to try. Um, because it, it, every little bit that you put out there, it is, is, yeah. is helping you there. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a statistical formula out there called the, the, um, expected value or, uh, 
Oh goodness, I'm gonna mess this up. It's like my favorite thing, and now I'm not. <laughs> now, now it's right on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, expected value formula. Anyway, mm-hmm. the more that you do something, the more likely it is to happen. Basically, if if there's a 10% chance oh. that it's gonna rain on any one day over the course of 10 days, what are the odds that uh, that it's going to rain? in that streak of 10 days. Sorry if that was very wordy, but the, the answer is a hundred percent. You got to think, think about it in those kinds of terms. Yeah. Like if there's a 1% chance that this product's going to make me whatever, let's say $10,000 or something. Mm. Well, do that five times and your chances aren't 1%. They're 5%. You've just quintupled your odds of success. Yeah. It's, it's not a. It's not like the set in stone way to do things, but statistics works like this. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and and publishers know this. Entertainment industry knows this. Larger entities know this stuff because yeah. they have very smart people working with them who explain whatever this formula is in a better way than I just explained it. But and I, um, I love I love how you reference to back to that same episode I was just talking about with action is better than inaction. One of the other things that I talked about there is and, and I, I need to find this study because I actually had somebody reach out to my messages and ask me like, what, where did you find this fact? But it's true. They did they did a study um, with with a bunch of students and they said, you have 30 days to create a story. Uh, I believe it was a story and it, you have 30 days or it could have been a painting. It's one or the other. 30 days to create one, the best you can possibly do. And at the end of the 30 days, you're going to turn it in. We're going to judge it. We're going to assess it. And then to another group of students, we need you to create 30 individual paintings slash stories. So one each day, Um, no emphasis on quality, but we just want to see your whole body of work. One new one every day. What they found was that people who made more stories made higher quality stories. So their stories maybe got progressively better over 30 days, but just in general, they were all better because you took the emphasis off of this perfect idea, this like very wonderful, lovely idea. And you just said, just go out there and act, do something and it will be better. And that's exactly what you just said is you make five candles. It, you didn't increase your, 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 you know, it's not 1%, it's 5% now. That's, that's the same idea. Like give yourself surface area for exposure. Yep, that's exactly it. And and once it, it, it if if it doesn't connect within those five times, you'd probably come back and say I'm a liar about it. But but this is kind of <laughs> how it works. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's one way to think of it's it's a way to think about what you're doing while you're doing it, so that it doesn't seem so sorry so so pointless sometimes. Yeah. Like oh, I'm gonna spend another year writing a book. So what? Mm-hmm. Um, while it might actually add up in the end. And the more that you do, the better your odds are of it going somewhere. Uh, Beautiful. However mindset. you happen to define success. And it's true with marketing. It's true with products. It's true with anything. Um, it's just, it's one of those, it's, it's, it's one of those secrets to doing. Uh, it's, it's how I look at, at, projects let's say yeah. uh that that's that's how i look at it it's it's not it's never pointless um when you you frame it correctly right uh, even even if you're not making that million dollar uh book deal it's right. still worth something absolutely um so and, and when we first started talking before we hit record i told you if we were going to have a two-hour conversation i totally would and i would accept 
I, I never book stuff on Wednesdays and I just happen to book myself one that's at noon. I'm, I want to go oh, just, okay. a, I want to go a teeny bit over here because I want to ask you one final question. You mentioned it. It's a territory I want to start traveling into because the success mindset is wrapped up in everything that we're trying to do as authors. You said, however you define success, that is like, it's become a real hot button. I don't know how long it's been a hot button, but I've been aware of it for you know, maybe the last year that when you talk about success, people get really bristly and they're like, oh, um, you know, I don't define success the same way you do. It's, it's become something where you can't just say, hey, that's successful um, without tying yourself to an answer so that people can hate on you. I'd love to know what is your definition of success, Ben? Um, my definition is if I can pay my mortgage that month with something that I did that did not involve income from full-time employment. Uh, yeah. That That is my definition of success. I, I think, yes, it, it's a bit of a cop-out to say, oh, well, it depends. And actually, even though this looked like I bombed, I was actually successful. It, it is kind of a trapdoor mm-hmm. escape hatch kind of argument to, to throw out there. But past a certain point, it does matter. Um, because you should not compare yourself to people who are a hundred steps ahead of you. It really yeah. success is the next step that gets yeah. you to the next step. I like that. Um, that that's probably the better way to look at it. But uh, for, for myself, if I make enough doing something on the side that I came up with myself or uh, from Wattpad or from the gloves or from the coffee that takes care of the mortgage, that to me is a success. And fortunately it's been that way for a long time. Uh, but I count myself extremely fortunate in that way. I love it. I love it. I think I think a lot of people can follow in your footsteps if they're if they're brave and willing to take on some risks. You, you, nothing that you did was was reinventing the wheel. Um, you're not going to win uh, any kind of major prizes for for innovation. I think that the glove is awesome. You should probably win a prize for that. I just want a patent. I don't want a prize. I want the patent to get approved. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and wrap it up. You've already told everybody about your product, so they know there's going to be links to that in the show notes. Um, remember to use my link when you order. Uh, it helps to support the show and you get an amazing product. If they want to read your work and connect with you as an artist, where should they find you? Uh, the best two places, crimefictionbook.com is more or less my personal writing website or the about pages on there. The other one is on Wattpad. Uh, my handle on there is Ben Sobiak. Uh, you might have to check the spelling on my last name, but if you start B-E-N and then S and then O and then B, pretty soon, <laughs> pretty soon it will probably just out of So, <laughs> um, awesome. So that, yeah, crimefictionbook.com or Wattpad. Uh, and happy to expound on anything else that uh, people have with questions. But yes, please do use those links. Please support this podcast with those links. Um, I, I think you will get a great product and you get some money off. And like I said, I don't run sales. Uh, so these deals through the through this link are the only places where you're going to find a bargain uh, at all. So awesome. I'm, I'm not even joking. I don't put this stuff on sale. <laughs> yeah, and, and you shouldn't. I love it. I love it. We could do a whole other podcast about putting things on sale and, and maybe why it can actually harm your brand, but it's, it's really been awesome talking with you. I know we're going to be in touch and, uh, I, I appreciate you so much. I'm glad we ran into each other. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. 
And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.